Good day and welcome to PCL's podcast series. My name is Omori Sola Shofola. Today we'll be talking about the Nigerian aviation industry, challenges, prospects and the future outlook. The aviation industry is a vital value chain in Nigerians' transportation system and the economy at large. The industry is on a recovery track from the pandemic-induced recession. However, it is recently faced with crisis ranging from an increase in fuel scarcity, foreign exchange, amidst other macroeconomic issues. Recently, the umbrella body for domestic airlines in the country, Airline Operators of Nigeria, AON, notified air transport passengers that the sector had been hit by a major crisis, an acute scarcity of aviation foil, Jet A1, which is expected to cause intermittent flight delays, cancellations, and of course, an increase in flight tickets. The lingering crisis rocking the sector may impede its growth if it persists. Today, we'll be taking a deep dive into the industry and to share insights on this conversation, today we have Mr. Baba Yusuf, the Chief Executive Officer of Global Investment and Trade Company. Welcome, Mr. Baba Yusuf. Thank you for having me. So, the aviation industry is currently going through a phase of crisis, which is threatening the operations of the entire local aviation. Mm. Let's talk about the crisis ravaging the industry. What do you think are the major contributing factors to these crises? And what is the impact on the crisis on the industry? Uh, first of all, I think the major one is the uh, Jet A1 fuel crisis, which right. has completely almost crippled operations, the domestic operations, uh, the aviation sector in Nigeria. Another one is, thankfully so, uh, the trapped forex of the international airlines and we saw last week how emirates you know actually decided to stop operations and we heard uh, rumors of other airlines following suit thankfully the federal government has released some of this fund and that has provided some succor but indeed that is remains a critical challenge not just for the foreign airlines but for the domestic airlines so you can look at it from perspective of availability of foreign exchange because the aviation sector is a dollarized sector. The spare parts, the service, services for, for supporting the aircraft operationally are right. paid in foreign exchange. So even the domestic airlines are impacted by this scarcity of forex. Mm -hmm. And of course, the other economic variables like the inflation. And while we are at it also, apart from the A1, there is also the scarcity of what I call the supporting you know, operational fuel for the sector, which is diesel. The escalating price of diesel is impacting on the entire operations value chain of aviation because you need the diesel to power other devices that support the mm -hmm. aircraft itself. Mm -hmm. So I think these are the critical ones at this point in time right. for the sector. So let me take you back to your point about, you know, the foreign airlines pulling out and, uh, you know, you talked about Emirates, Today, we've seen some news around Delta and also other news on British Airways. So do you think um, the airlines will make good on their threat or is this just noise? To be honest, 
it's not about threat. Before an airline makes such a call, a lot of strategic and operational considerations would have been taken. Right. Because an airline does just pull a plug on its operation. Mind you, an aircraft's survival depends on how long the aircrafts are in the air, not on the ground. So for an air, airline or an airline to say we are grounding or we are stopping operations for a particular route, right. especially a route like Nigeria, which is very lucrative for all the airlines, Absolutely. especially the foreign airlines, that call is a very well thought out call, especially mm. because it's definitely either impacting on their operations or on their bottom line. Right. So what do you think the impact of this trend is to the Nigerian aviation sector and the public at large? Well, obviously, if it continues, it's going to impede movement of goods and people, you know, in and out of the country. Of course, if, if, if a Delta and Emirates and one other airline stop operation, it means there will be, you know, a clogging of movement, you know, uh, the, 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 the load will be on the other airlines, which will also impede the operations of those airlines. Because right. Nigeria is a very highly traveling uh, country. Also, as the projections rightly made by the International uh, uh, Aviation Association, IATA, uh, the growth, you know, the recovery process for aviation, we are seeing it, you know, post-COVID. Exactly. Uh, of course, the Russia-Ukraine imbroglio is also impacting, but suffice it to say, it is recovering. Right. And just when it is recovering, if these international airlines will stop operations, it will definitely impact on the entire logistics value chain. Right. So how do you think Nigeria can come out of this um, challenge? And what options are there to the you know, flying public? What alternatives are there to the flying public as this continues? Getting out of this long jam is a function of uh, the global realities we face and our domestic uh, challenges. The Russia-Ukraine war is ravaging, it has impacted globally. Absolutely. We are having a global recession. Uh, the scarcity of the aviation fuel and indeed other hydrocarbons is the takeout of this Russia-Ukraine war. Uh, and for us in Nigeria, it is, it is going to be there for a while because of this. Secondly, because of our, let me say, national strategy to address this issue, if any, you know, in, in providing buffers or suko to ensure availability of Jet A1 from the perspective of availability mm -hmm. and from the perspective of cost. Right. Remember the AON you mentioned also were, were, were rightly crying out cost of operations and a major chunk of it is, is the aviation fuel, right. which is escalating. And like I mentioned earlier on, diesel, which is a supporting fuel as well, is escalating. And uh, there's no how it's going to impact is not going to impact on the operations of the airlines. And while they are struggling with that, remember at the end of the day, this cost at the end of the day will end up being passed to the traveling passengers. Absolutely. You know, so yeah. that is a critical issue. Uh, operationally also, they are struggling with funding. Right. The airlines are struggling with scarcity of fuel yeah. and funding, even pre-COVID-19. Right. A lot of these airlines were grappling with governance issues and cash flow issues pre-COVID-19. Yeah. Then the COVID-19 came with the vagaries of COVID. Now they are trying to recover. We can see what is going on in the domestic market with some airlines that have shut down temporarily, right. struggling to come back, of course. But the future is bleak if some critical 
decisions are not taken by government to support this industry. Absolutely. So speaking of, to your point on passengers and, and them taking on, you know, absorbing the cost, uh, PCL recently, you know, conducted a customer satisfaction survey. Mm. And some of the concerns of the air travelers were around, you know, flight delays, safety, mm. inadequate infrastructure, facilities. Um, how can industry stakeholders nip this in the bud by improving, you know, the operations of the industry and airport facilities? to meet the growing passenger traffic. Thank you. Just I'll backtrack to the earlier question. I forgot to address the issue of alternative for passengers. To yes. be honest, there is no alternative. Right. You know, it's either you are traveling domestic or, or by air, right. uh, or you're traveling internationally by air. Right. So the only way is for us to see how we can optimize things for the aviation sector, right. for those that things we can control and things that we can do. Now, right. to your question about critical infrastructure deficit and uh, the challenges about cancellation of the flights, flights and all that, which we can actually see happening even in some other countries. But if we are bringing it back to Nigeria, these are realities we have to face. Remember, Aero is out of operations. You know, Azman right. is facing some challenges as well. And this is impacting on the number of uh, air, aircraft yeah, in the air, right. you, know, you, know, you know, hauling people and cargo within the country. Uh, even before the grounding of uh, uh, Eru, the airlines are not having enough aircraft in the air because some of these aircraft have to go for sea checks. While even as the case may be, we need more airline aircraft in the system because the growing air, tra air travel is growing in Nigeria, mm. cargo and passenger. Mm -hmm. So the scarcity of this operation uh, aircrafts by virtue of grounding of these aircrafts, either business-wise or due to uh, safety reason with regards to regulators or due to maintenance, is going to continue to impact on uh, air travel schedules, uh, which is not just the fault of the airlines, but also a factor of our economic socio-economic reality, to be right, honest, yes. Right, and right. that's impacting on business and life. Okay, thank you. So there's been sustained mixed reactions from operators on BASA. That's the bilateral air service agreement. Mm. How do you think Nigeria can optimally benefit from BASA? Simple. At the time we are going into signing the process of signing BASA agreement is where the solution is. With the benefit of hindsight, we see where these agreements, the provisions of these agreements, either were not properly thought out, with due respect to those that reviewed, or there was no futuristic strategic consideration in considering the provisions of BASA with regards to Nigerian interests. You know, and that is the lesson to be noted moving forward for those agreements that will be reviewed, for mm. example, or the new ones that will be signed up. Right. For the agreements that are already signed and subsisting, <clears throat> for example, with the with this short issue we had with Emirates in the early part of this year, and you saw what happens with regard to frequency, you know, of air of Emirates versus the frequency of airpiece, uh, which is a function of activating or actioning the BASA agreement. And you know, we got feedbacks where we got it wrong. Mm -hmm. You know, in terms of signing BASA agreements, have been issued. The involvement of subject matter experts mm -hmm. during the process of consideration mm -hmm. and in this signing of the 
you know, Bansan agreement is a critical success factor. Mm -hmm. I mean, interdisciplinary subject matter experts mm -hmm. with regards to legality, operations, and socioeconomic benefits, short to midterm for Nigeria, for the airlines, for the local industry, should be critically analyzed before we sign off this Bansan agreement. I think that is the way to go for us moving okay. forward, yes. That's a good point. Thank good you. Point. Nigeria is on the verge of concession of four major international airports mm. in the country. Yes. What do you think Nigerians should expect? Well, uh, the concession of the airports is long time coming. Mm. <coughs> to be honest, <coughs> Ghana has privatized their airports mm. and South Africa have done. Nigeria is no longer competitive, mm -hmm. you know, in the aviation sector, which is a critical uh, economic catalyst for growth, Nigeria, we call ourselves the giant of Africa. Of course, we are the biggest economic platform in West Africa. But our aviation is not growing. And it can only grow when the infrastructure is able to carry, is robust enough to be the platform for that growth. Absolutely. So uh, infrastructural deficit has been an issue. Concession is the way to go. Also, institutionally and by best practice, Government should, you know, consistently try to remove itself from the business of doing business mm -hmm. to be more focused on the business of enablement. Mm -hmm. So it's and a way to go. However, the key things to consider in achieving a successful concession are the things to be worried about or to note. First of all, what I consider the integrity of the process of concession itself, you know, carrying all the stakeholders along and ensuring there's transparency and accountability in the process to ensure we have the best players at the end of the day that will run those airports and take the airports to the next level or to the best level that they should be to be competitive with other airports around you know, Nigeria or in Africa. The second one is what I call the legal framework of the concession while signing on agreements with those that come on board to ensure that all socio-economic considerations and indeed political as well are well thought out and considered you know in signing the legal framework for that concession so that in the short to long term I mean the mid to long term we don't have provisions that will come and haunt us we are having a, hearing a lot going on with uh, the, the agreements with the Chinese government with regards to oh. the improvement of the airports we don't want to have those kind of situations if those situations exist at the end of the day. The third one is the execution quotient from a project management perspective to ensure that while the models evolve, indeed in designing and also building and also setting up these facilities, they are done in a way and manner that first they don't impede on the existing operations you know, and, uh, and the economic, with the impact on socio-economic activities of Nigeria. And of course, at the end of the day, to ensure that we have, a, we have a concession that is done and activated within a timeline that will ensure that we don't completely lose out in the competitive space. Ghana has done a lot ahead of us, and they are checking a chunk of the market. Right. Uh, and and, and, and with, the, with the signing off of the Africa Free Continental Trade Agreement, these are critical platforms we should leverage on. Uh, so the execution quality of the project and the quality is critical. And of course, right. the fourth one is the stakeholder engagement right. to ensure that all the stakeholders around the aviation constituency buy into this concession uh, project. Otherwise, we may have impediments in activating or actualizing the concession project, which is a key thing for us 
to you know grow economically because aviation is key to our futuristic economic growth great now you've clearly articulated the ideal situation mm -hmm. right but the aviation sector just like the country's entire transportation sector is in dear need of investment in yes. order to attain its full potential how can the industry attract foreign investors uh, to be honest uh, the attraction of foreign investment is a standard across board whether it is aviation or tourism there are some key things that investors consider to invest in an industry or a project in a country and those are the things that uh, may affect the investment appetite of oh. investors okay we have security issues we have economic issues and of course our strategic position what is our national uh, aviation or economic strategy the, the module that has to do with aviation has it been able to fit into the overarching overall economic growth blueprint from Nigeria <clears throat> I know there's an aviation sectoral reform blueprint you know that has been in play you know uh, since the uh, assumption of Senator Hadi Serika as the Minister of Aviation part of it is of course this uh, concession we are talking about but uh, the attraction of foreign direct investment is going to be uh, a highly strategic thing that we need to do in trying to convince those investors that is the right thing for them to invest in of course because yes we agree Nigeria is economic powerhouse of Africa but the investor would like to see some key ingredients that will ensure that he's going to rein in or they are going to rein in back the benefit and get return on investment on their investment for us also to ensure that we attract the right foreign investors it's not just about attracting foreign investors but, the but right there ones. are some foreign investment that are you know what i call the poisonous foreign <laughs> investors that will end up being with negative impact to nigeria so back to what you said the integrity of our processes will attract the right kind of investors best practices serious investors will like to see transparent accountable proper processes in place to ensure that they are investing in the right thing and that is very critical and the attitude of government in engaging these investors with the assurances that of course aviation is a long-term investment mm. it's not a short-term investment that their investor investments are well protected at the end of the day are very key you know our strategic engagement also with those countries where those investors are coming out from are also very key okay so we've talked a lot um, today what would you say are the top three things that need to be tackled in the nigerian aviation sector and how would you prioritize them first of all <clears throat> we need to have or to fine-tune our aviation reform and growth strategy because everything will fall under fall that. out from there very critical that right. will involve all stakeholders yeah the domestic airline operators very critical right. and all other stakeholders to ensure we have a strategy that fits into the international realities mm. to grow our domestic airline business to make our domestic airline more robust and competitive 
in the international Space. market oh. to ensure Nigeria eats in as much chunk of socio-economic benefits and political strategic positioning from our aviation strategy and platform very critical for us moving forward and to that extent the infrastructural growth of aviation will key into that i give you an example <laughs> the concession of the airport is a brilliant thing to do but we have to look seven eight years from now are we going to continue growing the lagos airport for example that has overstretched that is overstretched there is no space for growth and in, in, within this confine of Inkeja International Airport, you cannot grow vertically. Mm. So we need to consider within that concept to see what happens to the Lekki Airport concept. Mm. It's a critical platform for us. We need to grow horizontally, vertically, and diagonally within our infrastructural framework for us to be competitive. Uh, growing the airports as they were, as they are, especially the Lagos Airport, which is the critical economic gateway to Nigeria is something that I don't think will, will be what you call marginal. So we need to think of constructively disrupting this and expanding an airport, having an airport that will be a world-class airport in every sense of the world is going to be key for us. Okay? Then the governance framework. Uh, if it is possible for the domestic airlines to try, there must be a constructive disruption just like what happened in the banking industry some years ago. Uh, the single line, with due respect to the proprietor's ownership, I think is a model that is outdated now. Uh -huh. uh, partnership, strategic partnership and collaborations, of course, is a, tough, is a tough one to invest in aviation. It's a big cash business. So we would like to see synergies between this area, either for government to make that happen, or for the airlines themselves from a strategic and profitability point of view or survival point of view to realize that they are better off as partners oh. or getting new partners to grow, to have more a fleet of aircraft, to have economic of scale to grow. But where you have individuals putting in their funds to procure aircraft, we see what is happening. People yeah. struggling with two aircraft, four aircraft yeah. to feed into a 200 million you know, population uh, is, is a tough call. Mm. Uh, the only thing will happen maybe short, mid to long term is reality will hit us. Mm. Foreign investors will come, put in the money and start eating into the domestic market, killing our own brothers and sisters that are invested. Mm. So my call out, uh, I'm calling on our local investors, I mean the domestic air, aircraft owners to consider partnership it's a tough one. They need partnership local and international to grow. And for government to bring in regulatory fiat or regulatory framework to ensure that we have what I call a recalibration or remodeling of the entire domestic airline business framework from a strategic point of view, from a governance point of view, so that these businesses will continue to survive you know, and thrive. It's a very lean margin business. The profitability ratio of aviation is very lean. Mm. And therefore, fiscal discipline, you know, inf investment prudence and corporate governance are very key. You know, to that extent, we, we hope and pray that that will happen. If that happens, it will grow the sector because better, right. grow it better, right. you know, and, 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 and faster. Right. Because uh, we know what is happening to our road transport. Absolutely. Uh, people are keen in more to the aviation, aviation. platform. 
especially during COVID, it became more obvious for passenger and for cargo. Mark you, cargo is growing, mm -hmm. you know, in the air sector. Yeah. So they need for a lot of investment. investment. But investment will be a product of strategy and the proper legal framework and the model. Right. And what will happen for the domestic airline is to consider the model they are operating now. I right. don't think it is profitable for them long term. We see Medview, what has happened to Medview, we see a lot of airlines struggling because okay. they are basically one-man businesses. Right. So you've talked a lot about you know, having a, a well-structured strategic plan, mm. uh, looking at partnerships, mm. you know, growth you know, horizontally and vertically. Mm -hmm. um, However, the stakeholders have expressed a mixed outlook for air travel in 2022. Mm. What is the expected outlook for the industry in the months ahead? According to IATA in 2001, that 2002 will witness about 88% growth aviation. 88% right? growth, yeah. growth. And for 2023, because of the recovery post-COVID and return of tourism and other businesses, to grow by 103%. However, by the first end of first quarter 2022, Russia, Ukraine, Imbroglio came into play and completely distorted that projection. Mm -hmm. I reckon that the challenges will continue to disrupt, especially business-wise and in terms of tourism because of the availability of, for example, Jet A1 and the ripple effect in terms of food security in terms of all other operational challenges that will that are, are take out of the ukraine russia war and the overall global economic recession however because it remains a critical uh, economic platform even when we can see during the covid 19 I mean, pandemic aviation is still expected to grow however it will be struggling domestically because of those earlier challenges mentioned. How we are able to manage this, it what will determine how far the growth will be. Wow, a lot said. Yes. The aviation sector remains pivotal to the social economic growth of Nigeria and should therefore be given proper attention to enable growth and expansion. Thank you, Mr. Baba Yusuf, for sharing your insights today on the industry. Thank you for having me. I appreciate being here. Thank you. Do follow us on all our social media platforms for more insights. Thank you.